0: Hayler Walker from the Ambo Crows, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Shannon Hearn from the West Coast Eagles. This is Nathan Jones from the Melbourne Football Club. Phil Davis from the GRS Giant. That's hey, Brad Averton from the Port Adelaide Football Club, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel.
1: Number 18 in the 50 most relevant is new Gold Coast son, Anthony Miles. Hello, you got MJ from the Coaches Panel. Uh, only a couple of weeks left of these 50 most relevant daily articles, daily podcasts. If you're just new to the panel, Go back and check out the articles at coachespanel.tv as well as the podcasts to get some of our thoughts of who, I believe anyway, are the most relevant players across Supercoach, Dream Team and AFL Fantasy in a combined universal list. To talk about Ant Miles, I've got Ben on the line. Hello, mate. How are you?
0: Very well, mate. Very well. This is, this top 50 is going very fast,
1: isn't it? It's flying along. There were probably moments yesterday where people are hearing me talk about Justin Westhoff and going, oh, man. He's lost the plot, but we'll go back and check the podcast. You'll find out while he's there. But now that we're in the teens, we get to a real interesting player because he's dominated the VFL over the past couple of years. And now that he's moved to Gold Coast. New opportunity to establish himself as a leader at that football club, as a full-time member of a midfield, and I think he's going to do exactly that. He's just 26 years old as a Gold Coast Suns midfielder. He did just manage the one game last year at the elite level. It delivered a 78 in AFL and fantasy dream team. And it was against Port Adelaide because this is the only game he played. Supercoach, same game. 90 was his score, and those were his seasonal averages, but he is not priced at that point for us. He's going to be priced for you. Just under 350000 in Supercoach, just under 400000 in Dream Team, and just a touch over 400000 425000 in afl fantasy and during the trade period anthony miles did make his way to his third club he spent five seasons at tigerland two at gws and he made it pretty clear didn't he ben there was there was only one reason he was leaving a club that was in a premiership window and it was for him he just wants consistent opportunities at the afl's level and although he had that at times at richmond He's kind of, others have gone past him, and look, they're a fantastic club, the Tigers, so it's understandable. So so he's moving because he just wants a consistent crack at it at the Gold Coast, and honestly, he's going to get it.
0: Yeah, he is, absolutely. I mean, uh, you look at the Richmond team, they've obviously been challenging for premierships the last couple of years. I think they would still love to have Anthony Miles on the list. Um, He was a terrific depth player, and he... He's the type of guy that you you bring him into the team and you almost don't notice the difference. Um, he's his fantastic quality. So, Gita, uh, Gold Coast have done very very well here because they have fulfilled a couple of needs. Yeah, one was of course that they are ranked last in um, clearances in the 2018 season. So that's a, a big tick. Anthony Miles averages a tick under five clearances a game across his career. Yeah. Um, the second thing is they just lack sometimes lack competitiveness in that um, midfield group as well. And it, and it, can, be, it can be very, um, you know, it can, it can result on the outcome of the game very, very quickly for them. So they've got, they've got a guy that fulfills a couple of uh, list needs, but they've also got a guy who's a leader. And uh, obviously with Tom Lynch and Stephen May leaving, they've filled that need as well. So this, this bloke's going to come into the team and he's going to be best 22 from day one um he's always averaged huge huge numbers which i'm sure we'll get on to in a mm. second but probably probably the main thing I, I was just looking back through one of the um old afl prospectus from the 2012 year and i noticed that even back then in his uh in his uh junior career so he was initially selected at gws and even in the, the AFL in his first year he averaged something like 25 touches but Across both the TAC Cup and under-18 championships, he averaged the most touches of any ball winner. So that, that begins to sort of demonstrate the quality that he has when it comes to winning the ball and moving it forward.
1: Yeah, and that's a desperate need. And you do highlight on those centre clearance numbers, uh, they were last in the competition. Um, they picked up 100, over 100 less centre clearances than Melbourne, who are ranked one in the league over an entire season. That's just absolutely damage damning in average. Four less centre clearances a game based off that, like that. And yes, Melbourne yep. are a different side in a different position. But you're right; they do lack leadership. Um, it looks likely he's going to walk straight into that leadership group. Um, An understandable so he'll he'll give them a contest. He'll win them plenty of ball, and he will be a crucial part of that midfield unit. Because you're right. You even look at the a couple of years at Richmond where he was a central part of their midfield unit between 2014. In AFL Fantasy and Dream Team, during those three years, he averaged 89, 87, and 86. And he uh, picked up uh, 18 scores over the 100 mark. Many of those are over 110 during those three years. Super coach, the output was even stronger uh, with seasonal averages of 99, 97, and 89. Even though it's from several years ago, it reminds us of the fact that when he's given a great run at it, when he's allowed to be the ball-winning midfielder, fighting, you know, to win the clearance, putting opposition tackle pressure on, when he's in and under the pack, which is where you see him at the moment in all these preseason matches, he's got potential to be a 80s into the 90s for for super coach based on his history, and yet we're paying for him at a guy in the early to mid 60s.
0: Yeah, absolutely, it's a it's a value proposition. I. The other thing that we just have to keep on banging our heads on is obviously we see we see that he's only played six games in the last two years. But if this guy was at essentially, you know, ten to twelve of the other eighteen clubs yeah. in the competition, he probably would have played forty-four in that time. Yeah, uh, this is the reason that he's left and he's gone to the team that needs him the most of all. Um, yes. it's clear as day. You know, he, he always gets the ball. Any any level he plays at. He he racked up a lot in the VFL last year as well. He averaged I think twenty nine touches yep. if I'm not mistaken. So you know, he's just he's a guy that wins a lot of the ball and for Dream Team, we're not looking at the guy who's the most efficient with no. ball in hand. Um with super coach, are we're, we're looking at a guy that wins a lot of contested possessions. So that actually goes favorably. I mean, looking at it, at his uh, historical averages in Dream Team, he's average eighty four, but Supercoach is average eighty nine. So there's no real uh, no real negative um, hit on his perhaps questionable uh, questionable ball use. You know, he's still averaging high very well in Supercoach. So look at the end of the day, he's it's a, seems like a very low risk proposition as a mid pricer in comparison to perhaps even previous years. Yeah. Um I guess the question becomes, uh, for many coaches, is just how they're going to structure that midfield. whether they are going to go with five premiums, six premiums, perhaps even seven premiums? Uh, Where does he fit in all of that? And also the likelihood that potentially, you know, at a mid-60s or 70 average um, price point, perhaps you could maybe get that in as a forward and Mm. potentially that could become a premium because we're not expecting, uh, tell me if I'm wrong, but uh, we're probably not expecting Anthony Miles to be as a a full-time keeper. Um, So, I mean, those those are the couple of things just going through my head, obviously. There's a few other mid-price options at the moment in the midfield that we're going to be putting him up against. But really, I I struggle to see a lot of uh, downside in in his selection. Oh,
1: there's so much positives. You're right. At his price point he doesn't have to be a keeper for us, whereas some others that we've talked about throughout the 50 most relevant, are like a Rory Sloan, like a Tim Taranto, even a Jacob Hopper. These are players that we've spoken about the 50 most relevant, that if you're picking them, it's because you believe they're going 105 plus, going to push that top 10 range of seasonal averages. But where his price point at, he doesn't have to be. He, he is a pure stepping stone that has got potential to go 85, 90, 95 across the formats. Gosh, maybe even more if you're lucky, but he doesn't have to do that. And and you're right, you contrast him to, I'll, I'll talk about a Tom Liberatore, who he mentioned in the 50 most relevant. The, the difference between them, there. You know, there's a slight price difference depending on the format you play, but um, Liber's coming back from his second ACL. There's no injury concern coming back for Anthony Miles. Liber's coming back into a midfield that's, Proven, It's now got more and more guys that are trying to win the inside contest, you know, with Dunkley now, part of that midfield group, and and have question marks about how much midfield time he or others are going to get. I don't have those question marks. And so while I don't want it to be a Liber versus Miles conversation, that's not what we're trying to do is you do have elements of that when you're looking at these stepping stone and mid-price options and maybe we'll see some more over the next 17 in the 50 most relevant to come. Is it's got to be the same logic, the same contrasting thought process of going, okay, if I'm considering Libba, if I'm considering Hannabury, if I'm considering, gosh, Hopper, then I've got to consider Anthony Miles as well.
0: Yep, spot on. And the thing with... Uh, I mean, we'll, we'll touch on Dan Hanabry who we're possibly going to get to a bit later on. Potentially, he might not be in the top 20. We never know. Mm. I would be shocked though, MJ. <laughs> I would be disappointed in you. <laughs>
1: hey, I put West um, off in yesterday, so I'm not pro- opposed to a shock, man.
0: Yeah, I know, I know. I'll have to be sending those Facebook hate comments. for that. Yeah, uh, bring him on. No, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, Hanabry obviously has a few injury concerns. Yep. Spoke about Libba. The... I don't have really any concerns over Miles, He's played full VFL seasons um, over the last couple of years when he hasn't been in the senior team. Mm. Um, he, he just he gets it done on a weekly basis, and I think that there there is a possibility of upside with him. He's still only at the age of 26. Um, he's been in an elite environment, and he's never really had to lead. Or you know, David Swallow will be leading that midfield, but he will be probably second in line almost. Yeah. Um, he's never been able to to be in a role like that, so I can I can definitely see a little bit of growth in his numbers. Um, I was going back through his 2016 season, and you know, in eight of those 19 games, he gets 100 in both Dream Team and Supercoach. Yeah. So, you know, you lift that up by a couple more, and you're, you're looking at you know very very, very close to being a, a low end sort of keeper prospect, maybe a, a an M7 or something like that. Yeah, so it's um. It's distinctly possible, especially in Supercoach. We see that 99.9 season. He was one point off the, the Grand 3 uh, triple figure sum there. So, you know, he, he's possible to, to be a really low-end M7 or even low-end M6 if all works out perfectly. and I possibly don't see that as likely for the other two or three names that you suggested.
1: It's a a fascinating selection. And I think the other thing that probably puts him even marginally ahead in in some regards compared to some of these other breakout candidates is is the fact that where his buy round positions him is the final round of the multi-buy rounds. And so you can run him through those buy rounds. Yes, you can upgrade him earlier in the year if you need to do that. Um, But right now, you've got the option to plan going, okay, he should be a a pretty safe 85-plus across the formats if he just delivers what he did at Richmond, and that's a far considerable stronger midfield unit that would be less dependent on his ball-winning skills than what would be required at, at the Gold Coast Sun, and that's where I agree that some of that potential scoring increase should come from. But you roll him right through to round 14, trade him out just before his buy round at Gold Coast, and all of a sudden... Players that are coming off the buy that we've spoken about in the 50 Most Relevant could be guys you look to bring into your side. So, Lockie Neal, Angus Brayshaw, Adam Trelaw, Elliot Yeo. We've spoken about these players already through the 50 Most Relevant. They're just coming off their buy round that week. You'll have any concerns you have about any of those players, you'll know the answer by the end of round 13 after their buy round. You jump on those players that could still have unique ownership and it's a real easy decision for me, you know, especially in an AFL fantasy and in a super coach. It, it feels like a real simple decision for me to go, look, he, he should be really close to pushing that 90 plus average in super coach. Uh, if not, well, and beyond AFL fantasy, it's an absolute easy pick for me. I've got him locked in both of those formats. Uh, are you just going to start with Anthony Miles in any format, man?
0: I think so. I think uh, AFL uh, dream Team AFL Fantasy. The, those two are really obvious ones. Um, I think I think his early draw is quite good as well. Yeah. So um, Kangaroos not so great, but then he's got Carlton in round two, uh, round three Fremantle possibly an okay draw. Round five Brisbane like that. There's three games where I'd be I'd be thinking you know he can really have a a great stamp on that game. So look, he, he's just a very very I think reliable selection at. at um, a very middling price point, which we very rarely see. Um, So it's just, it's quite exciting. I mean, he's, he's got great value. He possibly doesn't have um, the historical upside of Mm. someone like Dan Hanabry. But at the same time, I don't think that we've seen him in the role that he is going to play in 2019. So I can, I can definitely see growth, um, big fan. And yeah, I think it's going to be hard to not start him in AFL fantasy and dream team. And, to be honest, probably said the coach as well.
1: Yeah, he's one of those real must-consider options. The only reason you're probably not going Anthony Miles is because you're not going for a stepping stone midfielder at all. You're running a pure guns and rookies approach or, or a value gun, you know, a guy that should go 100 that's just a couple of points off that like a Rory Sloan type of player. Um, but if you're considering any of those mid-price or breakout options... Then you need to be considering and potentially starting miles as well as those guys. Uh, Let's talk about a a draft and where he does go. It depends on the type of astute coaches that you find yourself uh, among on draft day looking at. Um, But there's every chance that in those kind of those mid to potentially even late teen rounds, uh, as late as that, um, he could still be there because you know based on his off his average point, he's in that sort of 80s marker, and you can generally pick that up the waiver wire off most um, draft leagues. Um, but I certainly think if you could pick him up as a upside potential sort of M6, oh, I'd be loving that selection where you're tra- traditionally getting a guy that's going, you know, 85, and, and that's about as good as it gets. You could be getting a guy that I think's got the potential to go mid-90s. Yeah, it's...
0: Uh, it's a tough one, isn't it? I think M six definitely. I, I'm thinking more along the lines of M um, five. I think I think that that's a distinct possibility yeah. as well. Because um, look, it, it wouldn't be the best selection of all time. But I I think if you're you'll get you've got him at M five. I don't have too much uh, question marks over that. I think M six is an absolute steal. Yeah. Look, if you're you're someone who um, is aware of his potential upside. You've sort of been playing the game for a while. We all know uh, for any veterans of the game, back in 2014 when he came onto the Richmond list, he, he was an absolute dominating player. And I think yeah. about everyone played him, uh, traded him in that time. So we're, we're kind of aware of his upside. And I think if you just got a keen little eye on him, you should be able to pick him up, you know, in the, the middle section of the draft, maybe post, save round.
1: Maybe twelve, thirteen. You're thinking,
0: yeah, twelve, thirteen. Maybe, maybe you get him at the midway point. Yeah, um, you know that's that's a really good that's a really good selection. Um, especially if you can, you know, I'm when I say M five, it's because I'm saying let's get a Gun Ruckman in. Let's get yeah. a Gun forward. Let's let's stack the other lines. If you want to stack the midfield, then I'm thinking let's let's make him an M six sure. at best. Um, but yeah, he, he, he's just a really, really solid and dependable selection. I, I don't have too many question marks over him. And that's just a very unusual thing to say with a guy who's only played six games in the last two years.
1: Yeah, no, it's for fair enough thoughts. Hey mate, appreciate you having a moment to chat about Anthony miles.
0: No, thank you, mate. I just like to give a quick shout out to my mate, Ryan William. Um, he's a top bloke and he's been listening in. So, um, good day Ryan. And thanks thanks
1: for having me on MJ My absolute pleasure if you want to go back and check out any of the other player articles that we have talked about in the 50 most relevant it is at coachespanel.tv you can check out all the podcasts via Spotify and iTunes and uh, leave a 5 star rating and review if you are consuming and uh, getting this content via iTunes so that others get to know and experience the 50 most relevant and the coaches panel podcasts. if you head to coachespanel.tv you'll find all the links to join our Patreon and a massive shout out to James for his support and jumping on the Patreon just over the past couple of days. You can do that and get some early access and some exclusive content. In fact, a little secret, if you do become a Patreon member at any level, you get to find 10 names that I wanted to get into the 50 most relevant, but I couldn't. So if you want to find out maybe a little bit of an advance, some guys you think oh, maybe they make the top 15 or so, you can go and check that out if you join our Patreon. Number Next in the list of the 50 most relevant is number 17. And who is it? I'll tell you tomorrow.